everybody, Masechet Pesachim, Daf Lamed Vav, pretty straightforward sugya. Uh, we were um, in the middle of talking about this Mishnah here that says, besides the fact that matzah has to be made out of certain grains, also it cannot be tebel or something that you didn't take the terumah, ma'aser, anything that you that you cannot eat is no good. So we have two lists, things that are okay because you took the terumah and the ma'aser and uh, you redeemed the hektesh and ma'aser shani properly, all that is fine. And then we had the opposite cases that are not fine. Now, what about anything in between? That's the Gemara we saw yesterday which uh, brought some borderline cases and showed some of them are fine and some of them are not okay. Uh, the last thing we did was the question, why? What's wrong with, uh, with all of these items? And so we saw there that it's based on uh, two options. One is lo tochal alav, chametz. There's an integral connection between the prohibition of chametz and the requirement of the masa. And so only something that potentially could be chametz, um, that is what you can make masa out of. And so we learn only something that has the, the, the possibility of chametz only, that that would be the only reason why it'd be prohibited. If it's something is tebel, then there's two reasons why it's prohibited, because it could be chametz and it's actually tebel. That's not good enough because it's not edible as tebel. That was one uh, reasoning from this pasuk. The second possible reasoning was from Rabbi Shimon, who said, and isur hal al isur. In general, throughout the Torah, something's already prohibited, a second prohibition cannot come upon it. Only one, you can only fit one at a time. And so therefore, Tebel was already inedible before Pesach started. And now um, when Pesach starts, the, the prohibition of Hametz cannot land on it. And if the prohibition of Hametz cannot land on it, so too, it cannot be used for Masa. And that was the second one. And then we decided in the end, Mideh Bilbad Ketiv, the statement there doesn't say only one. So Rav Sheshat is the one that said, like Rabbi Shimon, that it's because of en isur chal al isur. All right, so good. Now, now we know why um, and uh, the close connection between Masa and, um, and Chametz. Now we're going to get to another uh, very important symbolic uh, connection that Masa is called Lechem Oni, poor men's bread. It's called that in, uh, in Devarim Tetvav. Uh, what does that mean practically in halakha? We already saw one, one application, which is that you cannot use honey and oil and make it a rich, rich man's bread. That's to do with the ingredients. But now we'll see some other issues. So uh, but basically we're going to see uh, three issues today. Ma'aseh um, sheni, can you use ma'aseh sheni in Jerusalem? Um, and second, uh, how about bikurim? And then we'll talk about boiled masa. All right, so starting off with ma'aseh sheni. The Mishnah did mention Maaseh Sheni, and it said that if you redeemed it, it's okay. If you didn't redeem it, it's no good. This is assuming that you're outside of Yerushalayim. And so outside of Yerushalayim, Maaseh Sheni is on the first, second, uh, fourth, and fifth years. You remove a tenth, and you bring it to Jerusalem, and you can eat it in Jerusalem. If it's difficult for you, if you're far away, or if you're Tameh, then you redeem it for money, and you can, with that money, buy anything you want. And then that produce you can eat outside of Jerusalem. So if you're outside of Jerusalem, then um, you have to redeem it. If you did redeem it, you could use that as ma- to make Masah. If you didn't redeem it, it's prohibited. You cannot use it. Now, here's the question today, which the Mishnah doesn't address. What if you are actually in Yerushalayim, which you may very well be for Pesach if you went Aliyah La Regel? So that's, uh, that we're going to see a Baraita, Machloket about it, and the reason why. Okay, Tanura Banan. Your own ma'aser, you brought it to Jerusalem. You're permitted to eat it. 
um, can you take that and bake masa with it? It would seem, you know, it should, shouldn't be a problem. It's permitted to eat. Okay, so the Biyosei Gali says it's not good because Ma'aseh has to be in with joy. It's, uh, it's very nice. You bring, come to Jerusalem and you invite, you have to, you're consuming a tenth of all of your produce within just a few days. And so you're going to invite your friends and family and poor people and Levi'im and it's eaten with great joy. Um, however, masa is lechem oni. That's something that's eaten be'aninut, in mourning, in the state of mourning. So masa is very interesting because it has this dual aspect. On the one hand, it represents our freedom. On the other hand, it also represents our slavery and our bondage. And so the Biyosek is emphasizing the, the, the bondage part. This is poor man's bread and, you, and um, it's, not, it's incompatible conceptually with masa sheni that's eaten in happiness. Great. That's the Biosagalidi. Um, he's interestingly, he prohibits here. He's always the one that's mekel, very you know, chicken cheeseburgers and having hana'a. But in this case, he's machmir. The Biakiva, however, says, Masot, Masot, Riba. In Devarim, it says the word Masot twice back to back. And so that comes to add not just any Masot, even something else. What else is it including? Ma'aseh Shani is also okay. So that's interesting to be Akiba. Maybe we would associate with uh, more prohibition. He says this is fine. So he's emphasizing the, 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 the joy, the, uh, the, the sense of freedom that's symbolized by Masah. Okay, what are you going to do with lechem oni? You still have to account for that pasuk. That only has to do with the ingredients. He agrees with that, that you cannot use wine, oil, and honey in the ingredients to make it matzah ashira. That's rich man's bread. So the, the thing itself has to be poor man's bread, but the way that you eat it, can be in happiness and joy, which is really what we do, right? We take this very basic bread, but we eat it in a joyful in a joyful state. So he says you can eat use ma'asesheni when you're in Jerusalem to make your masat. Okay, my lechem oni oni ketib. Okay, now that's the end of the baraita. Now we're going to analyze how each one deals with the pasuk, uh, the, the pasukim. So how come the biakiba applies the word lechem oni only? to the ingredients. Well, it doesn't say lechem oni with a vav. It's not written maleh. It's written chaser. So you, it's, uh, the way it will be read in the kiti would be lechem ani, right? Poor bread. That's all. So, um, he, so he's not going to learn anything extra from it. How about he's not going by the kiti, but rather by the kere. We read it as if there was a vav. Um, lechem oni. And so therefore, oni and uh, Aninut, I know this is with the ayin and aninut is with an aleph, but perhaps not, not everybody distinguished, uh, so they're in somewhat interchangeable. So lechem, uh, lechem oni is lechem aninut, uh, uh, bread, bread eaten that you could eat in a state of mourning. Um, okay, so that's uh, so that's Sebiya Segeli says we go by the by the kere, and so therefore has to be um, uh, masa has to be eaten in, in mourning. There's something else here the pasuk does not quoted, which is when you when we take bring maaser, uh, we say vidui maaser, right? Um, and you you announce you say lo achalti memenu 
Be'oni, I did not eat it in the state of mourning. Uh, the idea is that sometimes people would take holy things and eat it, you know, with uh, to, to bring up uh, the dead. And so in the Vidui Ma'as, you have to make sure you didn't feed it to the dead, you didn't eat it in a state of mourning. So you see that we there is a close connection between Ma'aser and not eating it in mourning, eating it in happiness. And so with that uh, play on words, Oni, that's what a Be'asegeli is, is using. So Okay, we understand it's written ani, uh, but we do read it. What do you do with the way that we read it? What do you learn from that vav? Right, we say this. Uh, kids say that every every uh, said that it's called lechem ani, not only because it's poor, but because ani that we say uh, we recite uh, many um, many uh, uh, stories about over, uh, over this bread. That's why it's called lechemoni, and not to tell you, tell me that it has to be should be eaten in a state of mourning. Okay, good. So Rabbi Akiva here looks like he's quoting Shemuel, which is obviously impossible. Rabbi Akiva is a Tanash, Shemuel is not a Mora, but rather it's is the this is all the, the Talmud itself that's uh, saying what would Rabbi Akiva say about this? What would Rabbi Yosei Galili say about the other? All right, good. Um, so that explains uh, what they say. Uh, now, more on Rabbi Akiva. Wait, is this really true that well, let's see, what's this, what's the proof? We have a Braita and Lashin Isaba Pesach behind the Shemen Udbash. Veim Lash, Raban Gamliel Omer, Tisaref Miyad. Okay, everyone agrees that you should not uh, make rich uh, bread with these uh, with these ingredients of wine, oil, and honey. If you did it, the Bangamliel considers that hametz, burn it right away, because uh, I suppose because it has a lot of sugar in it, that's going to um, increase the rapidity in which, uh, which it will become leaven. And so he says, no good, it's absolutely chametz. Hachamim say, if you did it with the Abad, it's okay, you can eat it. Rabbi Akiva says, one time I was I was um, staying over, uh, Shabbat, I was with, and I was preparing the food and I made a, a dough with oil, wine, and honey. And they didn't say anything at all. So see that not only this is fine. You can use this. You can make masa. Masa uh, Ashira, uh, and it's totally fine. Now, but yet the statement we said before, we quoted Biakiba saying that Lechem Oni means that you cannot have these rich ingredients. So, which one is it? Uh, before we answer, we're going to continue the Beraita. Um, uh, that these are in Aramaic, that's the Gemara explaining that these words are, explain, are uh, commenting on the first opinion. The first opinion says that you should not make, uh, make bread with these ingredients, but even they would agree that you can just put a little on the, on the surface. Like today with the halot, they put a little egg on the surface so it gets nice and brown and crispy. So um, everyone agrees that that's fine. You can put a little oil on the top of it just to make it look nice, give it a sheen. 
חכמים אומרים, עת שלשין בו מקטפין בו, ועת שאין לשין בו אין מקטפין בו. However, חכמים say, no, that goes together. If you can use it for ingredients, then you can put it on top also. If you cannot, then you cannot. But what everyone that does agree with is that you cannot use warm water when you're making masa because the, the warmth, the, the warm water definitely makes, uh, makes it rise much more quickly and that would be a huge problem. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot of different opinions. Uh, the key one for us is it to be Akiba who said he makes masa with all those rich ingredients. So how can we said before that you cannot? It's not a problem. When Yom Tov Rishon, meaning when to use Masaf for the Seder, that's when he said, no, you cannot. It's not appropriate. At the Seder, you have to have Lechem Oni to remember the hardship. But the rest of the time on Pesach, it's not considered chametz if you have it. Uh, so all, you only can't do it for Lechem Oni, but not because of chametz. So there's really two issues that are intertwined, right? Aban Gamliel considered it absolutely chametz. cannot have it the rest of the entire time. Uh, so he said, Rabbi Akiva says, it's kasher Pesach, but just not appropriate. Similar to what we say today about uh, Masa Ashira, um, uh, Eg Masa, that we think it's kosher, but we would not use it at the seder. Okay. Uh, not only Be'akiba, also the Be'ashua told, told his children on the first day of Pesach, when we have to have the seder, do not put milk in the, in the batter uh, with, uh, to, to make the masa. Sounds uh, good. I never tried milk in the batter. But after the first day, put milk. I like to have uh, um, a dairy, uh, a milky uh, masa. Okay, so he agrees that the first day is different from the other days. Lechem only only applies to the seder. Hold on, how could he do that? We have a different problem. We know this halacha. One is not allowed to put uh, uh, milk in dough, in bread, because uh, it may come to sin. People, someone's going to make a pastrami sandwich out of it and not realize, because you see bread, you assume bread is parv. Uh, no, he didn't say milk. He was saying it was talking about honey, right? Uh, uh, so the first uh, first day, don't put honey. For the seder, has to be very plain masa. But after that, he would have honey in his uh, masa. Oh, that's the first answer. Second answer, if you want, I could say another one. Or maybe he actually was with milk. And Rabina taught that as long as you make the dough in a different way, a different shape, in this case, it looks like an eye of an ox, maybe because it's small and so you'll eat them right away, or because it has a different shape, everybody knows that shape, this is dairy. That's also halakha. If you ever see, uh, uh, usually if you buy bread, and it's dairy, it's not, it doesn't get a hechsher, um, uh, unless there's some kind of, it's uh, indentation of some sort that shows that this is dairy bread. And so don't, don't uh, make a pastrami sandwich out of it. Okay, good. So we saw the Biakiba and the Biyoshua make, make the stink, distinction. Masa Ashira is kasher lepesach. However, it's not lechem oni and therefore cannot be used for the mitzvah. Good. Now, the end of the Baraita said that everyone agrees you should not use warm water. Uh, so let's discuss that. Why 
או משתמרים שלא יחמסו. Uh, why is masa different from menachot? Menachot are flower offerings that you mix with different ingredients and you are, are supposed to use uh, you're supposed to use warm water when you're making the, masa, the, menacha, the menachot. And menachot also different types, but they have to be masa. Uh, some of them have to be masa and cannot be chametz. And all we do is we make sure you can use warm water. You just got to make it really quickly. Instead of 18 minutes, you got to, you know, really hurry and make sure it doesn't, uh, doesn't become chametz. So why don't we say the same thing from, for masa um, uh, on Pesach? Answer is, No, you can't say the same thing. There's the Kohanim. In the, who's making the, the Menachot? The Kohanim in the Bet Mitash. Okay, these are experts. They're, they're watching over. They're very careful. You can't say make the same law for every commoner everywhere in the world who's making Masa for themselves. Uh, they're not going to be as careful. So the Kohanim, they could use warm water. Uh, regular people, we cannot use warm water to make Masa. All right, that makes sense. But uh, miltat latit. But why not then also allow the kohanim to soak the grains? Um, this would, if you soak the grains before you make the menachot, before you grind it, then it gets uh, remove the husks and it becomes a finer, uh, a finer flour. And yet we don't do that. Um, so we do not soak them because if you're going to soak them, you leave it too long, it can become hametz by soaking. Why don't we say the same thing? The kohanim are zirizin. They'll make sure to soak it for a short time and they can be careful. Answer, lisha bezirizin ita. Letita leta bezirizin. Bezirizin. No, the, the kneading of the dough is done by kohanim in the Beit HaMikdash. But the soaking is not. People would soak outside the Beit HaMikdash, prepare it, and then they would bring it to the Beit HaMikdash. So the soaking, there's no oversight there. So it cannot be soaked in water. Okay. Hold on. Now that you mentioned, now that, you mentioned that, even the kneading of the dough is not, doesn't have to be done um, by the Kohanim. Right, Pesukim talk about the whole um, the whole process, and it says the person, the owner, uh, brings the fine flour. He puts the oil on it. He puts the frankincense on it, and then he brings it to the kohen, and the kohen will take a handful and uh, and put it on the mizbeach. So you see that the preparation, the kneading of the dough, is done by the owner and then given over to the Kohen. So the owner is not, is not a Zariz. You see, only from the taking of the flower and, and, and on is done by the Kohen, but the first stages can be anyone can do. So therefore, really, it's the same as Masa, which is done by anyone. Uh, so then that you just uh, ruined the answer we had before. Uh, so the answer to that question, Lisha, it's true that the kneading can be done by anyone, but where is it done? In the Beit HaMikdash. Even if you're the owner, you got to bring all the ingredients and you got to do the kneading in the Beit HaMikdash and there's oversight there. And so even the owners will be careful. Not so with Masa. Masa, you're baking in your house and uh, there's nobody, there's no oversight there. So that's why you can use warm water for the menachot, but you cannot use it for Masa. How do we know this? 
Pesula. Anyone can do the kneading, but it cannot be done outside of the courtyard of the Bet HaMikdash. And this is different from the soaking of the grain before you mill it. That's done outside the Bet HaMikdash altogether. So there's no oversight at all in that case. So now we have basically three levels, right? Masa is, masa is actually similar to the soaking of Menachot. Uh, uh, that's done outside the Bet HaMikdash by anyone with no supervision. So you cannot do the soaking. You cannot use warm water. Um, However, the kneading is done in the Bet HaMikdash, um, either by the owner uh, or by Kohanim. And so there, there is oversight, and that's why you can use the warm water. Um, oh, this is the third level now. There is another, right, the Mincha, the, the mincha Ta'omed. This is what we bring on, uh, on, on, uh, on uh, a Pesach, the second day of Pesach, we bring the Omed offering, and this we do soak it first, and then um, and then we and then we gather it together. We you know, we soak it. We gather it together and take out the water, and that is permitted. So how come they offer the Omer sacrifice? We are allowed to do the soaking. Answer is Sibur Shane. This is a public offering. The other ones, the Mincha, is something I give a Mincha, you give a Mincha. Everybody's giving for different reasons, but this is one public thing that's done for everybody. So then, therefore, the Sanhedrin is there, the sages are there, the Kohanim are involved. They're all going to make sure that it's done properly. So that's the uh, that's the third level. So some things that have tremendous oversight, you can even do, um, you can even soak them. Things that have are in the Bet Hamikdash but not so much oversight, um, then you could, you can use warm water and other things like masa are outside the Bet HaMikdash altogether. So that's why we cannot use warm water when we bake masat ourselves. All right, good. So that um, concludes the uh, discussion of Maaser Sheni and related type topics. And how about Bikurim? Bikurim, obviously, we bring to the Kohen. Only Kohanim can eat it. That's the question. What if a Kohen... Got be, received bikurim and he wants to make masot out of the bikurim. Is that per, is that okay? Bikurim is brought from the seven uh, different fruits that Israel is blessed with, which include wheat and barley. Uh, so, right, uh, seems uh, no reason why not. We mentioned in the Mishnah that he can use challah, right? If I if I am making challah and I donate some of it to the kohen, kohen's allowed to eat it, and so that should be fine for him. Um, yeah, this is Mishnah, Chala, and Tirumah also. I give the Kohen Tirumah. He's only he's allowed to eat that, yet he can make Masot out of it. So what about Bikurim? Okay, Chala and Tirumah, the difference is, Chala and Tirumah are not, you don't eat them in a special and in, in great happiness. We'll see, what about Bikurim? Is it eaten with happiness? Um, okay, so Tanur Banan. Yachon Yosei Adam Bikurim. Can a person, meaning a Kohen, use Bikurim to bake Masot? Pasuk says you should eat the Masot everywhere you live. Everywhere you live means you have to bake Masot that can be eaten everywhere people live. So, therefore, the masa has to be something that could be in everywhere, and this would exclude bikurim, which have to only, which may only be in in Jerusalem. Even the kohanim can only eat bikurim in Jerusalem, and therefore, even if he's in Jerusalem, he cannot use matzah 
because potentially it cannot be eaten out of Jerusalem, and the Pasuk says, That's the stringent opinion of Rabbi Asaha Galilee. Once again, Rabbi Akiva is more lenient. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Masa Umaror, Ma Maror She'eno Bikurim, Af Masa She'ena Bikurim. So he says there's a the pasuk is going to connect Masa and Maror and make a hekesh between them. There's a similarity. What's the similarity? Just like Maror, what there's no Bikurim, there's no possibility. You only bring Bikurim from the from the seven grains. Maror is not one of them. Um, and so therefore, just as uh, Masa, just as uh, just as Masa, Maror is not brought with uh, for uh, there's no first fruits for for Maror. So too Masa cannot be. Uh, the first uh, brought with the first fruit. Um, okay, actually, he's he's saying that you cannot. He's bringing a different source. He agrees that you cannot use bikurim, but he's he's uh, learning it from something different. That uh, mas, ma, ma, maror cannot be, can never be bikurim. So too, masa cannot be used as bikurim. Uh, now you'll ask a question: bikurim. Maror. No, no maror species can ever be brought bikurim. So it's, it's out of the category altogether. Af masash and beminah bikurim. Are you going to say the same thing that you cannot make masa out of something that you could bring as that you couldn't bring as bikurim? In other words, like spelt, which is not one of the seven, right? So would you say that? And so I can only make it out of spelt. And so then I couldn't make masot um, out of masa out of uh, out of wheat and barley. No, that wouldn't make sense. So the extra word masa comes to include and say, no, you can use these. You can use um, uh, wheat and barley, even though they are they have a possibility of being bikurim, as long as they're not bikurim. Well, wait a second. Once you're going to use masot, so you take something and exclude, exclude anything that could be bikurim, and they're using masat to include. Once you're including, why not include other things too? So include thing, anything that could be bikurim, include bikurim themselves, not only species that could be bikurim, include even if you made it bikurim. So hadar right? So after all this back and forth, you see that um, this is uh, this logic it contradicts itself, and so Rabbi Akiva actually changed his mind, and uh, he decided that, in fact, if your kohen gets has bikurim out of wheat and barley, he can make masa out of it and he can use it. And how do we know he changed his mind from the following baraita? The Tanya. Uh, so can it be, this is the first opinion says, can it be that you fulfill your mitzvah of masa with the first fruit? Okay, that was the first opinion we saw before of Rabbi Yosef HaGilili. It has to be something that can potentially be in every be in everywhere and Bikurim can only be in the Jerusalem, so it's no good for Masa. By anyone, even Israel, uh, is something that can only be eaten in Jerusalem. So would use the same logic to remove Masesheni, right? And say that you can't use it. That's why we say Masot, Masot, Riba, Masot comes to include it. You see already now, we already see that how Rabbi Akiba changed his mind. The beginning of this looks like it's Rabbi Aseh Galilee uh, above. But then he says, how do you know that you can use Maaser Sheni? Who said you're allowed to use Maaser Sheni? 
only to be Akiva, not to be Osahagalili. So you see that this whole thing, this whole opinion must be actually be to be Akiva. Okay. So now, what's the difference? Why did you decide to include Maaseh Sheni and you say that's okay, Masot Masot, and to exclude Bikurim because that cannot be in every place? Um, you know, why? And you could do the opposite. So the answer is, I'm going to include Maaseh Sheni because it can become permissible in any place uh, if you redeem it, as Rabbi Eliezer is about to say. And Bikurim cannot be redeemed. So there's no way that Bikurim could ever be allowed outside of Jerusalem. That's why Maaseh Shani, even if you don't redeem it, it's fine as long as you're reading it in Jerusalem. What did Rabbi Eliezer say? Rabbi Eliezer, Minayin Maaseh Shani Shintma Shepodinoto, Afilu Birushalayim, Tamadomar Kilo Tuchal Seeto, Ben Seet Ela Achilash Nemar Vaisa Masot, said, not only if you live far away can you redeem it, but even if you're in Jerusalem, but you become Tameh, and you have to eat Maser Shani in a state of Tahara. And so if, if you're Tameh, even if you're in Jerusalem, you can redeem it, and then you can use the money to go buy other food, and, um, and so that's fine. So since Maser Shani can be redeemed everywhere you are, so therefore, it, it's, it's not excluded by the Pasuk of Bechol Moshebotechem. However, Bikurim are, w- w- will be excluded. Um, uh, this, when he says he can't carry it, Torah says, only says that about carrying. Um, but we learn that se'et also means eating. Uh, we learn that from Parashat uh, Shavua, almost, right? That uh, Yosef gave them masot, uh, gave them food uh, to, to go and eat. So you see the word masot and se'eto means uh, something that you can eat. And if you're impure, you cannot eat, eat it. Why don't they read that Beraita above as the whole thing being an Abi Akiva, that he changed his mind, that, so now he follows the whole first half? It is, it is. That, that's exactly what we're doing. That's so the what first we're doing. half is also to be, to be Akiva. The first half is also to be Akiva, right? He's, so he's, he's changing his mind about the derivation, right? So that's about right, what but so, he, so he still says it's... He still says prohibited, right, right. He doesn't change his mind. I take that back what I said. He doesn't change his mind about the halacha. He just changes, changes his mind about the, uh, the source. Who is the opinion that says that you can use Maseshini from Masa? That's only the Be'akiva. And he uses the Pasuk to exclude Bikurim. Therefore, we see that he retracted his opinion and uh, now he actually agrees with the source, the, source, the same as the Bi'asahagelidi's derivation. So they both agree that's prohibited. Um, but he uh, he now agrees with the source. Good. Okay, now we're going to bring, now that you're comparing Maaseh Sheni to Bikurim, remember the Bi'asah Gelidi, he said, he read Lechem Oni means um, bread that is written that can be eaten in a state of mourning, oni and oni. He made that play on words and not anything that has to be eaten with joy. So, um, bikurim also has to be eaten with in a joyful way, right? And so, one you just use that and he doesn't need bechomoshebotechem. The answer is, Sabah lekerebishimon de tanya, bikurim asurin laonen, 
But Rabbi Shimon Matir. There's actually a machloket about Bikurim. Uh, the first opinion says that someone who's in mourning may not, onen, as I translate mourning, it means the, the initial period after a person loses a loved one before the burial, they're, they're called onen. And so when someone in that state cannot eat Bikurim, has to be done in joy. So according to that, you're right, it would be a good source, but he can follow Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says that even someone in, uh, in that state of mourning can eat Bikurim. And that's why, because of that opinion, he needed a different, a different source of Bechol Moshe my time at the Rabbanan. Do we ask the reverse, Rabbi? What? Because he could have said Bechol Moshe Votechem on Maaseh Sheni also, and then he would have had one explanation for both. No, we answered that, but Maaseh Sheni can be redeemed. So we, you actually, you can eat Maaseh Sheni everywhere because you can take the same grain, it's Maaseh Sheni, I just transfer it to a coin, and now that grain I can eat. So it's not a problem of Bechol Moshe Votechem. But once it's redeemed, you, if it's redeemed, it's not a, it, it's not Maaseshini anymore. Right. But since it could be redeemed, so uh, even if I don't redeem it, it's okay. This grain itself can be in everywhere, right? Yeah. Either as, as Maaseshini in Jerusalem or as not Maaseshini if I redeem it. So potentially I, I can we need use a special this special. I could bake the masa as masa shani, uh, uh, and then and then it becomes tamer, or then I decide to redeem it. So the masa is good; it's good masa. So okay, good. what about also the 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 saying that the beraita is 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 the opinion of Rabbi Yose, and he changes opinion. Uh, is that okay, harder good. to say? Uh, yeah, but is it why, because yeah, but I think the, the problem with the Biaki, we had a double problem. Akiva, that initial derivation, we disproved it in and of itself. There are too many contradictions, right? Because if you're going to compare Masa, Masa cannot be Bikurim. And so, right, well, then it, Masa, Masa, Riba, why do you include this and not include that? You're going to have to say only spelt and not we, right? There were, there were sufficient problems in that, in his own derivation that we wanted to find a better derivation for the Akiva. We didn't have a problem with the Biosagalides. Okay, good. Good questions. My tamad rabbanan tichtiv lo tucha lechol bisharecha. So the, according to the, the rabbis here in this, not a bishimon, who say that bikurim uh, has to be eaten in happiness. So they are going to derive that the fact that you cannot have bikurim from bisharecha. Uh, um, uh, in your case, meaning anywhere you are. Marmot tirumat yadecha elu bikurim Okay, so how do the rabbis know that um, Bikurim and Bikurim has to be in, in, a, in a happy state? From the Pasuk in Devarim Yudbet, we're talking about centralization. Um, it says, you know, you cannot, you, you cannot eat all these things in your own gates. You have to bring them all to the Mishkan. And so it mentions there, Tirumat Yadecha, and the rabbis learn that Tirumat Yadecha means Bikurim. And since in the same pasuk it mentions bikurim, and it also mentions mentions maaser, so we uh, bring an analogy. Just like maaser, a mourner cannot have them, so to bikurim mentioned in the same pasuk, a mourner cannot have them. That's wh- that's how we know that bikurim has to be in the st- be in in the state of happiness. Uh, okay, that seems like a nice proof. How about a bishimon? Why does he say that bikurim a mourner can eat bikurim? 
He says, Look, in that pasuk, it mentions Bikurim with the terms of Tirumat Yadecha. Well, Tirumat Yadecha means Bikurim is more like Tiruma. And how about Tiruma? Do you have to be in a happy state to eat Tiruma? No. Ma Tiruma Mutel Laonen, Af Bikurim Mutar Laonen. So, too, um, just like a mourner can eat Tiruma, a mourner can have Bikurim. So, although in the same pasuk it's mentioned alongside Tiruma, alongside Maaser, which, uh, uh, which has to be in happiness, but it's also called Tiruma, which doesn't have to. Good. But Rabbi Shimon, Hold on, we have a question to Rabbi Shimon. Okay, fine. So you don't you don't care about the, what, what it's connected to, but um, it does say regarding Bikurim, where it says that uh, in, uh, uh, right after Mikra Bikurim says you should rejoice with all the good thing that all the good things that Hashem gave you, and that's why you're bringing this first fruit. So it sounds like Bikurim does have to be done with happiness, and therefore a mourner cannot eat it. Now, that wasn't talking about the way that you eat it, but rather the time period um, of, of when you can bring Bikurim. When can you bring Bikurim? From Shavuot until Sukkot. Um, those are a happy time. So it says, you should bring the Bikurim during a happy season. But it doesn't matter if you personally are happy or not. Um, even if you are in mourning, that's okay. You can still bring the Bikurim. So it's talking about a general time of Simcha, not a personal time of Simcha. That's how the Bishimon could explain that Pasuk. Um, and uh, from Sukkot until Chanukah, you can still bring the Bikurim, but you can no longer recite the Mikra Bikurim. Okay, good. That's, um, that ends the second topic. And now just one more short topic about boiled masa. When we talk about poor men's bread, that is, excludes something, uh, is bo- first is baked and then it's boiled. Uh, maybe something like, uh, like bagels. Um, and uh, this would be very tasty. And also ashisha, a very large uh, piece of masa also not allowed. This, is, this would be very joyous to have such a large, like the big halot that they have at weddings. Okay, when that, maybe you're going to go to the op, uh, opposite extreme and say that has to be this is very coarse masa. This is like, you know, whole wheat, whole grain that, that, uh, that's so difficult to eat because that's Really poor people, they don't have the ability to make it fine flour. So are you going to say that to the other extreme it has to be coarse? No, the extra, the, the double masot comes to include and say most, most types of masa are fine, just not these extra uh, luxurious types of masa. If you look at masot shel shilamo, even if it's uh, fine flour as nice as, as, as shilamo's meal, that's still, that's still okay. Okay, so lechem oni will only exclude these two these two types if it's boiled and if it's a big uh, a big masa only those but other kinds of um, of of um, uh, preparation are okay.
ומהי משמעת ההשישה לישנה דחשיבותה? How do we know that this word, השישה, means something that is very important? תכתיב, ויחלק לכל העם, לכל המון ישראל, מאיש ועד אישה לאיש חלת לחם אחת, ואשפד אחד והשישה אחת. When David Amedech brought the Aaron to Yerushalayim, he made a very happy day, and he gave to each, per, each man and woman a חלה of לחם, and אשפד, um, and, and one השישה. What are all these things? Okay, we know Chalat Lechem. What's Ashpad? Amad of Hanan Baraba. Ashpad, Echad, Meshisha, Bapad. He gave them everybody a sixth of an ox. Um, he's uh, making a play on words, right? Ashisha, uh, Pad. Okay. And what is Ashisha? Echad, Meshisha. Also, it's uh, Ashisha stands for Echad, Meshisha. Ba'efa, a sixth of an efa of flour, a huge amount. So he gave everybody these really large loaves. And uh, that's, how we, that's how we know that those, those words mean that. Okay, so according to that, we wouldn't have a proof. But according to the other opinion, we do have a proof. So you see that throughout this uh, this this suga, where we're um, uh, weighing the the, the the dual symbolism of a masa as on the one hand representing freedom, on the other hand also representing the chemoni, also representing bondage, and so those two are balanced out and represented within the very ingredients and the very preparation and the state of mind that we are in as we eat the masa. And so these sound like very technical details, but each of these uh, details really encode the deep symbolism of how we should feel and how we should be inspired when we eat the masa. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.